Hello and welcome to my brand new podcast, Voices, with me, Sally Morgan. But you may know me best as Psychic Sally. Throughout my career, I have worked with celebs, royalty and toured the world, helping people to find closure and happiness through the words and wisdom of their loved ones that have passed. This series, we will be hearing from voices of a different kind. Each episode, I will speak to powerful, strong and influential women about their lives. Today I talked to Christine McGuinness. I spent far too much time feeling like, oh God, this is it, this is forever, the children are not going to live a normal life, but it is possible. My children have shown me more than anybody on this planet that anything is possible. Hello everyone, I've got someone so special here today. Um, when I knew that she had said yes to having a conversation with me, I was so happy. It is the gorgeous, the lovely. She's looking absolutely stunning. She walks in, <laughs> like I'm telling you, she's about six foot tall, with beautiful shoes on, red shorts, white blouse. Oh, stop it. She looks amazing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so pleased to say to you today that on the sofa is the gorgeous Christine McGuinness. Hi, everyone. Oh, look at her. Oh, no, I'm just bringing a bit of Cheshire down to London. Well, yeah, we love, we love a bit of Cheshire, don't we? Yeah, well, I are you Are you on the Real Housewives of Cheshire still? I am. I'm enjoying it. I'm just dipping in and out of it because, as you know, I've got three young children yeah. and they take up most of my time. Um, but, yeah, I enjoy the show. I just I just dip my foot in every now and again when I can. And that lovely? She's such a good mum, everyone, and that's one of the subjects we're going to touch on, Jess how amazing she is as a mother and how really you know that we've been talking about everybody adversity and how we can get through it and how we most of us that are at rock bottom we always seem to be able to find somebody that lifts us and um, can inspire us and certainly Christine is one of those people because you've got you said three children haven't you darling yes I have um so I started off with twins went straight in at the deep end oh my goodness um we had a boy and a girl for those who don't know I am married to the comedian and tv presenter Paddy McGinnis oh yes I'm always whenever (laughs) I see you it's a bit like I don't like I mean we love him I mean you know he is, is hysterical but it's this is your life and you're a celebrity now darling do you think so oh, do, certainly, I do, I do well you think are you so. certainly look well, like one anyway but it helps being married to a comedian because um when our twins were three and a half years old they were diagnosed with autism mm. um and I think it was quite hard hitting at first we knew absolutely nothing about autism um it was quite depressing we didn't know how to handle it we you know it's difficult having twins anyway um, and I was a full-time stay-at-home mum at the time because my husband was just so busy working away. And how did you? What made? What are the, the? What made you go and get them diagnosed with that? What were they doing, or what weren't they doing? Do you know? Honestly, now looking back, the signs were all there. They were tiptoeing. Uh, they couldn't speak. They were non-verbal until they were four years old. They would walk on the tiptoes, and that now I understand it. It's it's sensory. So the children were very very sensory to touch, to smells, to sounds. So when they were like newborn they still do no no, they're six now and they still do walk on the tiptoes i didn't realize that that autism one of the signs is sensory when you wrap them in something did they cry a lot or did they um so they would never wear anything with where they could feel the stitch and they would pull it and tug at it obviously when they were very young and they couldn't communicate and say mommy i don't like this yeah they would just pull the clothes off so they spent a lot of the time just wearing a nappy 
Um, they, they didn't like anything with labels on, and that's still the same. Now we have to cut the labels off everything. Um, Miguel's very really weird dresses with frills and sequins, and you know any anything where they're gonna feel that well, it's too sort of fussy. itchy for them. It's itchy and it irritates them, and um, yeah, so everything had to be very soft. But I didn't realise at the time. I just thought maybe they had sensitive skin, maybe a, yeah, you know, yeah, maybe yeah, a absolutely. Or and... So what, what what was the defining moment that you thought? Um, you and Paddy thought, well, we've got to take them to a, to a doctor. I um, visit a nursery when they, were, when they were around three. I thought it was, oh, I got pregnant again with my third child. So I thought, OK, I can't have all three at home together. I'm going to have to put the twins in nursery. Even though they couldn't speak and they barely ate. For me, that was just my babies and I loved them and adored them and they were perfect. I went to look around 12 different nurseries. The three-year-olds are chatting away. They're eating lasagna and messy food and they're, they're touching paint and they're doing all this stuff that my twins weren't doing and I just we, we left that nursery and we just sort of looked at each other and went oh ours aren't doing any of that do you think they're yeah, ready and we're not... thinking we still didn't think there's something medically wrong we're just thinking maybe they're just not ready maybe it's because they've stayed with me a lot we didn't do many parents and you know toddler groups yeah. and because when I tried them they found it really upsetting and too overwhelming so I didn't do a lot of that so blame myself a lot in the early days because I thought maybe I didn't make them socialise. But you didn't know. And and you do, when they're just your babies. I, my yeah. middle daughter, she didn't speak until she was three. And, you know, I've got, I had one older than her and then Fern was born, the youngest one. And you sort of notice things yeah, like that. And difference. you just think, oh, well... And people go, oh, well, not all of them don't. They don't sort of, like, do things at the same time. Oh, exactly. You, Everybody so, goes, oh, my child's a fussy eater. Yeah, no, this yeah. is different with autism. Now the six... They still don't eat like other children. This isn't just a phase. It's not going to pass. This is, you know, they're going to grow. What, into what, what, in adults. what way don't they eat? Like, because obviously they eat, but yeah. So my son in particular, he, he struggles the most. So he's under a dietitian and a nutritionist and a pediatrician for his food. Everything's got to be beige. It's got to be dry. So like dry toast or any anything really beige, like crisp. Crackers, oh, it's got to be one colour. Yeah, yeah. It can't be colourful. It's got to be dry. So there's no there's no kind of lasagnas or messy, you know, beans on toast or any usual what what children mm. would eat. Um, he's just started eating bits of meat. It's got to be very small. So like chicken nuggets. It's but that's got to good, be isn't it? He's oh, eating. It's fantastic. He's he's eating something, but he survives really on medical uh, milkshakes that we get from the pharmacy. And if it wasn't for those. He would have continued dropping weight. He was he was really quite small. So you've um, how you've handled that? Well, yeah, that that's probably been one of the most difficult, I think, because I myself had an eating disorder as a child. Um, down to just being quite fussy. It was never anything to do with image. But when when you've been through that yourself, and then your own child. My my son basically has an eating disorder, but it's not his fault. He doesn't mean to. He doesn't understand no. that the way he's not eating is really affecting his health. And in that way, autism is really affecting him. Autism, I mean, I know nothing about it, and that's why it's so wonderful for you to share this with us. It's, it's quite a broad spectrum, isn't it? It yeah. is, yeah, um, it is. And they try not to use the scale so much anymore because so my twins are both quite moderate they're both quite central um but you can have days with them where it's quite severe and then you can have days with them where you wouldn't know they've even got it so you can't really and are they verbal now so now they are um once they started nursery that we spoke to the nursery about how we felt they were falling behind in certain areas they monitored them for a couple of months and they agreed um by the time they were three and a half they'd been referred for speech therapy which was 
twice a week for the both of them. Um, they were then under a paediatrician and eventually they, they got the diagnosis and they started getting all the help that, that they needed. Um, and, and is that a no, is is three a normal age for for diagnosis? Yeah. No, it, it not for diagnosis. No, it takes a lot longer. Um, I think with ours, really, had they have been in in a setting where there's early years and teachers and staff, and they'd have probably been diagnosed sooner because it was really, really very obvious to everybody else. It just wasn't to me. And what about what about mum and dad? I mean, like you and Paddy, because I know he's a whale. Yeah. What are they like when he comes back? So I think because they've they've grown up with him being away quite a lot, they're so used to it now. That's good so, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a good thing. And now they just get so excited when he's coming home and everything's working out so much better now that they can communicate. Yeah. You know, the, we can show them on a calendar. With this, We used to always use pictures and we'd make a calendar and would put the days of when daddy was home so they knew when he was away. And it's just trying to help them before they could speak, trying to help them know what to expect throughout the week. So I'd put a photograph of school on obviously Monday to yeah. Friday and then I put a picture of the park on Saturday and a picture of the shop on Sunday so they knew what to expect and I would do the same with any visitors that were coming to the house I'd put a photograph of of their face so on, they would, on the weekday so, they, so would. they knew yeah just to help them understand what was happening and what is the prognosis with with autism does it improve do, do, can can you do, are there techniques that you can use that it improves or yeah definitely I mean we've done a lot of therapy we've done we've done an awful lot of therapy um so there was a lot of play therapy food therapy um speech and language therapy my son also has occupational therapy because he's um hypermobility um I think I think the biggest part for me really what I found helpful is accepting it learning as much as I can about it from my own children they have taught me more than any any pediatrician any teacher any doctor they are my teachers once you understand it you can get through every day absolutely fine once you understand you know the triggers you look out for the triggers so I know what sets my children off I know what do you mean by that what sets them off so so with autism um People tend to call it meltdowns rather than your average toddler tantrum or whatever, yeah. where, you know, a toddler might just have a bit of a kick off because yeah. someone yeah. stole their toy or whatever, or they don't want to share the chocolate. For an autistic child or adult, if they're going to get upset, they, we, we tend to refer to it as a meltdown. It's, it's massive. This can go on all day. No. And it can be from because maybe my son wanted to walk down the stairs first. He likes to be first in everything. Everything in our house is routine every day. It's like Groundhog Day. And, and sometimes you can sort of, it can drive you a bit crazy. Oh, I'm sure. Or if we just say, right, okay, if we just stick to this, this is what keeps them happy, then our day's going to be better. So that's what, that's what we do. And, and now the six, we're trying to push the boundaries a little bit, but not too much. Like, I really, really want a summer holiday with the children. It's something we've never done. We've never been abroad with the children. They've never mm. seen a beach. And, and it breaks my heart sometimes when I see all my other friends' pictures yeah. on holiday with their children. I saw photographs of them but, getting on a plane. Yeah, we've just, so we've just tried an internal trip. So we went to Southampton for the first time flying. How were they? They were amazing, but well prepared, very well prepared. But they'd done, they'd done fantastic. There was a little hold up getting on the flight. 
Um, but how amazing! Yeah, I'm so, so proud. really so basically, it's all about preparing, preparing them, isn't it? it? Yeah, yeah. Every day has got to be built with some kind of structure. We can't just say, "Oh, let's go to Butlins for the weekend," or "Let's let's go." So, to well, what, if, if you said to them, "Oh, we're go- you know, it's a nice day," so you say, "Oh, tomorrow we're going so and so," and you prepare them, and then it rains and it you would can't be go. Too soon anyway. I wouldn't oh, would do it, it tomorrow. Oh, it would can't. have to be. I'd I'd be building them up for at least a week to prepare them on what wow. we're doing for, for something big like a holiday I would I would start preparing them the week before and tell them I would make like a visual diary basically if we're going to get on the aeroplane this day and then we're going to get in a car and this is the wow, villa or the hotel Christine. we're going to stay in it's a full-time job isn't it? it it is but do you know what we're I'm so so lucky the rewards I get from my children when they do something so so the first time my children spoke I'm, I'm pleased to say it was mummy, the first one. <laughs> it was mummy, Sorry, daddy. Paddy. I know. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, love. Yeah. It was mummy, daddy, please and thank you. And that was the first four words I'm so, so proud of. But I waited four years for that, whereas for other children, you just expect them to speak mm. when they're around one-ish, maybe. And it's sort of, it's expected. And, you know, people take it a bit for granted. So for ours, whenever they do something new... You like you want to do cartwheels. I remember yeah. the first time my son ate a chip, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's eating a chip! He's eating a chip!" Like, no really? one make fox and everyone stay calm because it was such a big deal. He was eating solid food for the first time. Enjoying the podcast? Why not join Sally for her ten-year anniversary tour? Psychic Sally, ten years and counting. The messages from beyond will come in thick and fast in this funny, entertaining, touching, sometimes heartbreaking show. Sally will be using her skills as a world-renowned psychic in this jaw-dropping experience that has attracted and amazed theatergoers and psychic fans for the last decade. To get your tickets, head to sallymorgan.tv now. And just so you know, this episode was recorded at City of Quebec. City of Quebec is situated close to Oxford Street, offering a chilled, relaxing atmosphere during the day and a selection of entertainment of an evening. Downstairs hosts their club and is open until 3am Friday and Saturday nights with DJs putting their own individual twist on each night. For all the latest goings on, check them out on Instagram at the Quebec. You know, people out there that feel so deflated and low that their child has received this diagnosis that you can have special days yeah, and you can yeah. feel elated yeah. when they finally achieve certain goals absolutely well when ours got diagnosed we thought they were never going to speak we thought they'd probably never eat with a knife and fork is that what you Um, were told we were told that they probably wouldn't be able to go to a a normal school they'd probably have to be homeschooled or in a special school Um, isn't that isn't that bad to be told that because that's not how it is the expectations were quite low because of how they were at the time um but yeah just just given them so much time and energy and like I said a lot of therapy just my job has been supporting them as as children and supporting their condition and helping them learn how to manage it because it's so intense in the family home just you know I'm sitting here listening to this and it's like I'm feeling it will be it's like you know it's it's like you how comes you're not exhausted how comes you don't look completely washed out how come you're sitting there in front of me looking a million dollars (laughs) I think as you're meeting me now where where things I think are getting easier where it was two years ago I I didn't leave the house I barely left the house oh darling it is since they've started school and I'm pleased to say they do go to school yes they have a full-time one-to-one yes they do need support um 
but they do and absolutely amazing. They're learning to socialise slowly. It doesn't come naturally to them. So, no. so our children have to work that bit harder to learn how to communicate. They're absolutely amazing, like super children. They just blow me away. The way they cope with everything. Like I said, getting on an aeroplane for my children, the way they've done it because they've been well prepped. They still were dealing with a lot of overload, a lot of, you know, there was a lot of people, it was busy, it was crowded, it was noisy, there was lights on and off. Those are all the things that are triggers for my children. And they sat there and just dealt with it. And yeah, they wanted to get, oh, there was points where they were saying, are we nearly there? Like, oh, any they children, were just we slightly there? getting but nervous. they stayed so calm. The anxiety was there, the nerves were there, but they stayed calm. And I think if we'd have done it too soon we would have had a different situation on our hands. If I'd have tried to attempt at that without knowing they were autistic, then it, it wouldn't have gone as well as it did. No. So I think when you know and you understand and you learn how to deal with your own children, and it's different for all children as it is with, you know, and and I, and I think that when you're looking at, a, a, like a long-term prognosis, which really you can't because obviously the doctors are, are, originally said that they wouldn't yeah. be doing what they're doing now. Um, I mean, when you look at it, it's very encouraging to think that there are no limits, are there, for what they can achieve? I now feel like we're on fire as yeah. a family. Like, we Amazing. can do this. And yes, they will communicate. Yes, they will have boyfriends and girlfriends when yeah. they're teenagers. And it'll probably drive me mad, but I want them to because yeah. it's normal. They're going to work, they're going to, they're going to go to college, they'll drive. All of those things, I thought, this might never happen. I now believe it could. I it think might. so too. And I hope so. I really do. But just if there's anyone listening, if, you, if you're new to getting your diagnosis or you're thinking that your children are possibly autistic, please try not to get too down about it because I did. I spent far too much time feeling like, oh God, this is it. This is forever. The children are not going to live a normal life. But it is possible. My children have shown me more than anybody on this planet that anything is possible. And do you think GPs are aware enough because let's be honest well if you know i'm the ordinary person on the street i would to the first port call for me would be my gp do you think that they're equipped no no i say sadly not um the the most of them have heard of autism but i say they just don't understand it they're getting there and they're trying and it's brilliant i think right now autism awareness is at a high i think probably the highest it's ever been people are hearing about it they're talking about it i think the understanding to autism um, unfortunately still isn't isn't great but the more we talk about it the more um, we can yeah, help yeah. Um, but yeah that's something else I'd say to any listeners if you've got autistic children please don't be shy talking about it I get so many messages every day on social Do media you? yeah saying people just don't really want to talk about it they're embarrassed or they don't really know how to explain it but well I think they feel the that to help. well I think that a lot of people with autism because they're you know the children they're little that's when yeah. it's first sort of noticed or diagnosed they think that the child has got a low IQ and that's not the case, is it? Mine are so clever. My that's children I mean. are so, so clever. They really are. And they definitely didn't get that from me or the dads. <laughs> yeah. But I've got it from Paddy. No. <laughs> no. no, they're super intelligent. I'd say one thing with autism is if they're passionate about something, whether it's aeroplanes or animals or numbers they're gonna do they're it they're gonna yeah. do it and they've got the ability to study something for hours in a way that we probably haven't we'd get quite bored yeah you do, know? You, do you feel because you have such a high profile it's amazing christine that you're talking about this but at the end of the day these are your children so is there a lot of pressure on you do you it's feel it's just more that well I didn't realise the response we were going to get at first when we first put it out there publicly it was just more a case of 
I saw myself as nothing but a normal mum, just your average mum with these children. And yeah, m- yeah, my husband's in the public eye more so than me, but at the time I, I wasn't in it at all. But it was just, as a mother, my children have got this condition that no one seemed to know anything about. So I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. And yes, now I've got this platform. I can use it in such a positive Brilliant. way. Help others. Others help me by getting in touch every day, sharing tips and swapping little things, what works for your child, what works for mine. And like I said, talking about it, it's the only way we can help people understand. There's no medicine. There's, there's no, you know, operations or tablets or anything that's going to take this condition away. It is there forever. But... The more people I understand, it will help our children so in the future. So they're not... So autistic children, excuse my ignorance, they're not on medication then? They don't Oh, take... some, some will be on medication, more so for ADHD, which is, you know, it's on the like autistic Hyperactive, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if they need some of that. Um, like I said, my son is on um, medicated milkshakes, but that's more to do with his diet. But yeah. again, that's from his autism. But for autism itself, there is nothing that will take it away as there these will be autistic adults yes except education yeah. and basically people understanding yeah, to people help are, yeah. and you know teachers and the people at airports like we were in manchester airport the staff had had some autism training just to help them spot some signs and you know just just maybe understand you might see a child out and think oh that kid's naughty because they're having a tantrum just think twice maybe that child is really overwhelmed that's good maybe that, that is child good information is you know yeah. um you can't punish a child for being upset no, like that you can't. It's, yeah so that's that's one of the things that where there is some ignorance when you're out and about with the children if if people stop and stare or point because mm. one of them is is upset and they sort of look at you and think why aren't you telling your child so that? what what are your are you you know what i do as a medium i'm just gonna i pick it are you gonna write a book on it or something to help. Oh, I, I have been asked. Have you? <laughs> I know, because I, I feel that. Well, I haven't said yes because I'm so unsure about it. Oh, don't be silly. You've yeah, got honestly, to. Honestly, I feel that I'm still very much at the beginning of this journey. The children are so young, and I think, what can I offer? That's well, you I can offer. What can I offer? But yeah. you can offer it to for. Uh, I'm so passionate here. You you can offer it because there will be people exactly the same as you that have babies, like a three year old a baby to me yeah and you, you it's not to say you can't do another book you know for when they're further sort of down the line further yeah. down the line and when they're teenage years and when you need to write that book do i you do i mean i oh. know i'm sitting here people are screaming in their cars in their kitchen wherever they're listening to this podcast they are screaming christine write, write that book, book. <laughs> yeah. oh god and i know a very good ghostwriter. excuse the pun they're not all ghosts around oh. me but i do know you have to do it really well because you're a voice you know yeah I would I would love to but honestly I'm not I'm not that full of confidence or anything even when I get asked to talk about autism yes it's what I'm passionate about because it's my children but I'm not an expert I'm just a mom no well that but isn't you know you say just a mum you're a mother you're a caring mother and at the end of the day mums know yeah you know what is best for yours and I think that it, it proves it because you you push that you got them diagnosed so yeah. therefore you can get help you need to help other people with this you, I mean you are helping them, but you need the book <laughs> you need to write the book you need to write the book <laughs> and then you know we can go on sale and we can put it on the top shelf and I can go that's Aww. my friend will you come to my launch party well I will I, I, absolutely I will <laughs> stand up for the book you haven't realised you stand up there I'll go, on the bar darling I'll be dancing on the bar <laughs> You need to write that. Now, what I also want to know is, 
What's ahead for you? Where do you see you are going to take this crusade? Because it is like you're going to like fly the flag for autism here. And for mums and for dads that are at home at the end of their tether, not knowing what's wrong with their little ones. I think I just want to continue to talk about it wherever, whenever I can. Um, Like I said, the more I talk about it, the more people are going to understand. I just think that is so important um, to really, really get it out there as much as possible. I do a Twinkle Ball every year. Oh, what's that? Um, I want to come to that. So Twinkle Ball is our charity ball. We've had two so far. um, And all the money goes to the National Autistic Society, who I'm an ambassador for. Last year we got... £200,000. Oh my goodness me. Um, yeah, in one night. And like I said, every single penny goes to them. And that helps any families that are struggling. They have, they have a, a phone line that you can call. They can give advice. So I want to continue to do that. Raise raise money for the National and, 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 and raise awareness. And raise awareness. Absolutely. That you can have a life, that a mum and a dad yes. can have a life with their children. Yes. I mean, you just haven't got one. You've got the two twi- You've got I've the got twins two. here. I'm possibly a third. I do believe, although Phil is to me younger, she's two and a half. Um, she's not diagnosed yet, but the signs are there. I think she's very mild in comparison to the twins. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go down that path when, as and when we need to. And also she's already picking up the way that they're being yeah. taught and everything. So yeah. she, it's not going to be as hard, is it? Yeah, you know? I think it's, um, it's difficult when you've got a sibling of a child with any kind of additional needs, because as we know, children like to copy. Um, so that is there in the back of my mind. But yeah, there's some signs that she's shown since she was, she was just a few months old. Um, with the body tense and up, she does tiptoe. She is quite sensory. She loves a routine. Um, yeah, but she's, I must say, with all my children, they are absolutely fabulous, beautiful, so loving, so caring, because I think that's another... Oh, oh they'll have people, a cuddle then? They do now, yeah, but I think a lot of people do think that autistic children sort of don't understand feelings and emotions. Yeah, I, that's what I, I thought that. Yeah, and, and that is the case in some, in, in my eldest daughter, Penelope, she, she was a little bit like that, and it was just a case of teaching her and showing her with smiley faces, this means they're happy, with sad faces, this means they're, yeah. they're upset, and it, she just needed more help to understand people's emotions. But yeah, my, my children are so So they like visual things, don't they? Very visual, everything's very visual. That's brilliant, them. because we've got, you've yeah. got all the tablets, and yeah. Oh, yeah, so you must write this book, Thank and you. I will <laughs> keep ringing you until I'm going to give you the name of this ghostwriter that I know, you must write the book. We want the book, don't we, everyone? Yes, they're all screaming. I can hear them. <laughs> Call me psychic. They're all screaming. Um, so what's the next thing for you as a celeb, my darling? Oh, God, you tell me. You, you well, think the future, I, I don't. Know. <laughs> well, I can see it all happening for her, especially if she's in this outfit that she's wearing today, oh, everyone. God. She looks amazing. Um, so you're, what's, what's next? More housewives? I don't know. Of um, yeah, I'm going to stay with the housewives for now. That works for me because it's near my home and I, I need to be near the home for the children. Yeah. So I love that, but I definitely love to do more. Um, another passion of mine is health and fitness. I think I've really discovered the gym just through, well, it's therapy for me, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, definitely. Once I got that me time back when the twins started school, I got these couple of hours during the day. I thought, right, I really need to do something for me. And I know a lot of people don't like the gym. I have learned to love it because 
that is one hour out the day where it's Yours. just for me and nobody else. And I only go three times a week, but I get so much from it. So I think for women, especially mums, having that time, I can't stress enough how important it is. And, I would and, tell and, anyone and, to do that. Yeah, maybe you, when, you, when you're sort of doing that, you're looking, because you're very healthy. Do you know what I mean? You eat healthily, yeah, I don't do, you? I do. I eat healthy. I haven't had alcohol for 12 years. Oh, um, what, out of choice? Out of choice, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it as a teenager. I had fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I was 19... Didn't we all, yeah. <laughs> when I was 19, I just decided, you know what, I, I knew I wanted to be a mum and a wife and I just made that decision to give up the party in there and then and mm. I've never, ever... We had haven't tried. I think you still party, but we don't have the alcohol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Do you know what? I, if you looked at my Instagram, you might think a party. I definitely don't. Uh, for filming, every now and again when we're filming, there might be a party scene. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's work related party, and but I, I don't drink. I know she's but very. This never. She's very normal. She is just like the normal mum down the school, <laughs> but she's not. But she is. If you get my meaning, I'd, I'd love to continue doing the guest appearances as I do on Loose Women this morning good morning britain i love yeah. the itv team i feel very well, great. well itv is perfect for yeah, you isn't it just I, I say perfect for you because i just think with itv they they are they sort of like really fly the flag for the working mum and the working mum needs a bit like shift work do you yeah. know what i mean yeah, and, and part-time yeah. and yeah. you'd fit in perfectly yeah, with that definitely so i'd like to continue with that possibly write a book Um, I'd love to do a bit of theatre would you? yeah I would a little bit just yeah a little bit maybe a bit of pantomime I don't know what I would be very godmother well I know what I was thinking when you just said when I said oh you'd you'd be really good with ITV I'm just I've got a vision in me head of you and Paddy on the sofa talking to people a bit like Eamon and Ruth wouldn't that be good you just never know you just never know you just never like, know that would be brilliant yeah. Starting, yeah. yeah I would love to work with him we've done some little bits years ago like we've done the usual Mr and Mrs and who oh, wants to be a millionaire and the couple specials ones and I loved it I absolutely loved it but he's so busy at the minute listen this is it's been so wonderful I mean I feel so privileged that you've that you've opened up about a condition with your children to inspire other mums other dads not to be a afraid once you do get that diagnosis just remember it does not change your child your child is exactly the same as the one that you loved and adored before you've gone into that appointment if you're leaving with a diagnosis of autism all that's going to give you is a word that you can use to describe their behavior when you're out and about if there's a problem instead of people looking thinking your child's being naughty you can just turn around and quite simply use that one word I'm really sorry, my child is autistic. Please excuse the behaviour. I'm going to sort them out. And and that's what it gives you. That's what I find the most helpful thing about actually having the diagnosis. I think you're the most amazing mum. Paddy's very, very lucky to have you. Oh, he's and brilliant uh, as well. Well, he is brilliant, but you, you're the most incredible mother and you've got three beautiful children. Thank you. And, um, and it's lovely because you're my friend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks so much for having me. Oh, darling, you're so welcome. This interview was really important to me being a mum myself because it spoke about love and motherhood. She's a very special lady, Christine, and she copes really well with anything that's thrown at her. I I, I love the way that she embraces her children's triumphs and how she gets through such difficult days with incredible positivity. In the next episode, I sit down with that mum with cancer, Laura Bailey. I had the picture, I've got many pictures of, of like my journey and my body and how it's changed. 
and I literally I got the um yeah. I got the ump and thought, no, you don't need to keep talking on behalf of us anymore because we are articulate and we are smart and we're living. And Lisa Allen from the Pink Ribbon Foundation. One day we will all live cancer-free, that is the aim. But in the, in the meantime, you know, it, there's one in eight women are expected to get breast cancer in their lifetime. And when you do the sums, that equates to someone every 10 minutes. If you have enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star review and a little comment. If you're enjoying this podcast, then you will love The Real Brunch, a weekly pop culture podcast where three friends get together to discuss their lives. Would you rather be smart or pretty? Pretty. 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 (laughs) No, 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 no. Smart. No, I can't be lying. I want to be pretty. <laughs> With amazing guest interviews such as Gok Wan. So you could say anything. Let's put my name before it. You know what you're going to get. So yeah. it could be like Gok's Fill Your House of Free, Gok's Closed Road Show. I mean, Gok whips a bear. I mean, you could even kind of know <laughs> kind of what you're going to get. World champion athlete Dina Asher-Smith. Still, every single race, you can go out there and honestly just focus on yourself and try and beat your personal best, mm. which I think is really empowering in itself. So yeah, obviously, go to the Olympics, you want to win. But if you come third in like a national record and a amazing time a time that you are the little child inside you could never have envisaged you could ever run you're going to be happy aren't you and of course sally morgan but me i used to go in when i was tired or i was going to go down with something darling like yeah. you did in, those days. <laughs> in the 50s you went down with chicken pox or the measles or whatever um and it, it, basically it, she used to say to me you'll have your funny moments now because it seemed as if when i wasn't very well I knew things. Search The Real Branch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. This is a podcast by Peroxide Media.